Welcome to the ARC Experience, featuring the stories of self-advocates with disabilities and their families from around Wisconsin. Be inspired. Take action. And now for today's episode. And welcome to the ARC Experience Podcast. My name is Lisa Pugh, and I'm Executive Director of the ARC Wisconsin. Today, I am joined by Tammy Jackson, who's the Public Policy Analyst and Legislative Liaison with the Wisconsin Board for People with Developmental Disabilities. She also has the new and distinguished honor of being the co-chair of Wisconsin's new Department of Transportation Non-Driver Advisory Committee. Um, Tammy's going to tell us more about that, but just for our listeners to start out, um, the committee was formed to discuss Wisconsin's transportation system to facilitate mobility, safety, and access for Wisconsin's non-driving population. Tammy, can you tell us a little bit about your work on transportation and help to break this down for our listeners? Well, so at the Board for People with Developmental Disabilities, transportation is actually the number one thing we hear about, and we always hear about it in the context of complaints. Um, not enough transportation, I don't have options in my area that let me do what I want to do on my schedule, um, you know, I can't get a job, I can't get across town, you name, you name a transportation problem, and we hear about it. Um, not only from people with intellectual and developmental disabilities themselves who often rely on transportation, but also their family members who are, are often filling in um, when there isn't availability for another ride. Um, so I, I have worked on this issue for a long time, and um, I think that our, our state policymakers are starting to realize that this, the, the the group of people who does not drive for a variety of reasons, either they used to drive and now they're no longer comfortable or able to do so, um, or they've never driven, is really growing. Um, Non-drivers are a, a really large and diverse group of people, and it includes people with physical um, disabilities, intellectual developmental disabilities, mental health folks, also includes a lot of older adults. Um, a lot of low-income workers. Um, it's expensive to maintain a personal vehicle, and and that's not an option for everybody on every salary. Um, there are lots of students or young kids, you know, on, who are not old enough to yet have a driver's license, and a growing number of adults who just prefer not to drive. Um, and in this me this meetings this uh, week's meeting, there were about an estimated 1.2 million people in Wisconsin that fit the non-driver category, which is about 20% of our state's population. Um, so it's, it's a huge group of people and it really impacts, you know, when you don't drive in a society that is really oriented around everyone having a car and assuming that people can get from place to place in a vehicle, um, that, that status as a non-driver really affects not only your daily life, but kind of, you know, big decisions too. Um, people make choices on whether or not they can take a job or even apply for a job based on whether they think they can get there reliably. Um, where do you live often can depend on, do you have access to transportation? Can you get to the doctor or not? 
you know, can you go to the polling place to exercise your right to vote? Um, all sorts of, of daily decisions about, okay, I have to go to the grocery store and the pharmacy and someplace else. How do I do that? And oftentimes there isn't a good answer. And so people end up kind of self-censoring themselves and not going and not engaging simply because they can't get there. Right. Um, yeah, non-drivers are just not able to get where they need to go on their schedule. And we've kind of designed our whole system, health, justice, government services, um, and employment, assuming people have reliable on-demand access to affordable transportation. And that's just not the reality for a diverse group of people. And that group is increasing in Wisconsin. You know, Tammy, um, it doesn't surprise me that you said that, you know, this is the number one complaint of people with disabilities. But these barriers have really existed for a pretty long time. Like there's, they're not necessarily new, but what I think is new, and I'd like to get your take on this, is the fact that this Department of Transportation has actually established a non-driver advisory committee. I mean, I don't know if that's been done before in our state, and it's actually a pretty great opportunity, I think. Yeah, this is this is actually a huge step forward. And it was really interesting at our first meeting. It's a very diverse group of folks that are on this committee. Um, everyone from regional planners and public transit professionals, urban, rural, people who are concerned about biking and walking options, disability advocates, aging advocates. And it, it was really an interesting group of people because we all started to figure out that we all have the same problems. And I think the department is really, um, is really being very progressive and forward thinking because they're recognizing that the design, you know, jobs are changing how, you know, just the, the department has had a, a tradition of investing in infrastructure and, to, to, to find a, to figure out that your investment of infrastructure can't be used by a huge number of people really does kind of cause, you know, the government to have to step back and say, okay, how are, how are we helping people have productive lives and interact with our communities if the system that we have isn't enabling them to do that? So I give a lot of credit to the department because this is a problem not only in Wisconsin, it's a problem everywhere. And to my knowledge, um, Wisconsin may be the only state that is really um, looking at it at you know, kind of a, a very diverse committee that is, is really charged with advising the department on what do we do to find solutions and make this better for people. Yeah, you know, that statistic you shared, one-fifth of the population in Wisconsin actually kind of in that non-driver population, it seems like it really is about time that we're thinking a little bit more about the resources we're spending in transportation and how communities are designed. And I think, you know, one thing too, Wisconsin's not getting any younger. We have <laughs> an aging population and particularly in the Northern parts of the state, but eventually our whole state is gonna be a lot more non-drivers, like you said, right? Well, yeah, I think that's, that's likely to be true. And I would add, you know, one other point to this, you know, economic development really depends on workforce mobility. 
and accessibility to customers. If you're a business, you want to locate where there's a good pool of workers who will come and work for you. And you want to locate in a place where customers can easily get to them. So I do think there's also another layer of this conversation, which is most of our state is rural. You have a lot of beautiful places and a lot of places people want to live, but having transportation options that they can access that are affordable where they don't need to drive is going to become more important. And it's going to become important not only for the individuals who want to visit you know, who want to be customers or workers, it's important to, to say, how do you make sure that we have thriving communities throughout the state, no matter where you live? Um, and that, that that can be an attractive asset to, to kind of keep local economies going. You know, I would imagine, Tammy, in your time as kind of a leader on transportation issues, you've probably heard some pretty compelling stories of people whose lives are really truly limited, people with disabilities whose lives are limited by transportation. Is there any one story that kind of sticks out to you? So my, I have a fabulous co-chair on um, the Non-Driver Advisory Committee, Denise Jess, who is the Executive Director for the Wisconsin Council on the Blind. And um, Denise has never been a driver. She was born legally blind. And um, I think she gave just a really good grounding for our group in what it means to try and um, exist in a world that expects you to have a car um, when you don't. And some of the things that she described, um, I think were very impactful for, for the committee, but they were so familiar to me. You know, she talked about, you know, how, the, the complexity of having to, to devote the mental energy to figure out plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D, if all three of those transportation options she'd lined up fell through. She talked about not accepting jobs because she knew she wouldn't be able to physically get there. Um, she talked about the huge deficit in time, which I think is, is something a lot of low-income workers and, and a lot of non-drivers share where, you know, there's a point where if it's taking you two, or two hours to commute one, you know, one way for a job, what's the point where it's not worth it to you to do that? Um, you know, in, not only in terms of your time, but all of, all, you know, what that means for the rest of your life, your childcare needs, your, um, you know, options not being able to do a second shift or attend public meetings. I mean, Denise is a very accomplished person and, and very brilliant. And yet the fact that she can't drive essentially put her in, in, a, in a box, you know, of, of here's, here's the parameters of how big your life can be. And it wasn't anything about her being limited. It was about, our ability to, to facilitate her moving around that, that was limited. And she's more eloquent than I am, but like if I had to say, what do I want the outcome of this committee to be? I want Denise Jess to be able to wake up in the morning and say, oh shoot, I forgot my box of Fruit Loops and be able to get that that day without having to schedule a ride three days in advance and you know, be able to 
you know, either go out and do that errand independently or be able to say, I'm going to stop home on the way from work and be able to just do those simple things without having to spend any effort in it, just like you or I would. Um, for the record, I don't buy Fruit, fruit Loops, but you know, if I, if I needed to, I could probably figure out a way to get them because I drive a car and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to, to think about it at all. Um, and now I, I think for most of the people that you and I interact with, any little thing that you need to do can be a half day to a full day, you know, ordeal as opposed to a simple five minute errand that you don't have to think about. Right. That's a really great way to think about the potential outcomes of a non-driver effort like this is somebody who really, whose life is really limited. How can some changes be made to make that better? Do you think that the non-driver advisory committee can get there or is the seed of something that's going to make Wisconsin a lot better for non-drivers? I think this is the start. Um, as you mentioned before, transportation has been a um, ongoing challenge all the way through for people with disabilities and, and older adults and anybody who doesn't drive. So the likelihood that we will find a magic wand in a DOT desk somewhere, wave it and voila, it's all fixed is low. Um, no state has figured this out yet. I, I have high hopes Wisconsin will be the first, but I do think that already after the first meeting, this committee is starting to think strategically about how do we make sure all of our conversations recognize the 20% of our population that doesn't drive? How do we explore what do we need to ask for in terms of flexibility and spending money? Are there things that we can do that can help things? No one action is going to solve this big, big problem. And it's a big problem for lots and lots of reasons. Um, but I think getting a good grounding on what are some short-term things we can do and then laying the groundwork for, okay, we have an ongoing problem that we have to address is really the only way you're going to make um, significant progress. Lots of things to think about, Tammy. Thank you for joining us. How, how can people stay connected to the work of the Non-Driver Advisory Committee? So we do have a website. Um, on the Department of Transportation page, we have an official page and you can um, access not only um, our agendas, but we had live cast the meetings on YouTube if you want to do a deep, deep dive. Um, there, there will, we are anticipating we will meet again before the end of the year and um, committee members are busily thinking about what are some things that this committee might recommend for say the next state budget process. So hopefully we will be having some very tangible things that you can ask your legislators um, to do or Congress because, you know, a lot of transportation um, decisions are made at the federal level too. Um, and I would, I would advise folks to, to do that. We'd also love to hear from you if you have specific transportation stories. I think um, the committee was very, very moved and like it was, you know, you could tell there were people who intellectually had thought about this issue, 
but it took somebody like Denise Jess explaining exactly what this means to her in her daily life before they kind of got why transportation was such a big challenge and why it needs to be addressed. So send us your stories too. That would be really helpful. Well, thanks for joining us, Tammy. And thank you to our listeners for listening to the ARC Experience podcast. Until next time. Today's episode of the ARC Experience was brought to you by the ARC Wisconsin, the state's oldest advocacy organization for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families. It's funded in part by the Wisconsin Board for People with Developmental Disabilities. Our theme music, called Species, is the property of EY5Z and cannot be copied or distributed without permission. It was produced by Eleanor Cheatham, a composer and artist with autism.